um, thank you all for taking the time because it's going to be important of what I'm going to share with you tonight is that worship will become critical for your long-term success. And so I want to make sure that you understand that while I talk and teach about prosperity and walking in the kingdom holistically, it is important for us to understand that it comes from us abiding in the presence of God. Wealth gained without the presence of God, without the principles of God, is no different than you just having a good job. And good jobs go away. Companies go away. And I won't even go through any of the current where you are, but I mean, but look at Firestone, okay? Look at DAX computers, look at Compact, all right? Most folks don't even know what a mainframe is today. I mean, times have just changed. And these were major technology shifts that took place over the years. And yet the word of God still stands. So there has to be something that is rooted in this because what you have to understand is that the word of God is the original technology. And so if you can keep that in mind, it makes it easier for you to trust in this than you do the next Windows upgrade. And I'm not against it, but your iPhone is going to have at least two more upgrades before the end of the year. And God says, I don't have to be upgraded. I'm it. And if you can trust him and, and learn to lean to his word as the first place in the first source, you're going to see that there's a generational blessing that God has already released for your household. You heard me talk about last night uh, how my wife and I had to learn the word and we learned to stand on the word and learn to tithe. And you got to understand folks, I was going to work in an office with two pair of pants and one white shirt. And I would come home every day and put done dishwashing liquid on the collar and on the sleeve and wash it and dry it and iron it for the next morning. And folks at work be like, man, I sure don't like, I sure like them white shirts you wear. I said, in Jesus name, I claim them plural too. Amen. <laughs> in Jesus name. Now, am I at that place now? No, I'm not. But I can tell you, if you are there, I can help you get from there. But, and, and, and don't be moved by what you see here. Because see, you, you're not looking to follow the crowd. You're looking to follow Christ. And by the way, when the crowd thins out, that's when you're getting closer to the finish line. So you need to make sure that you stay focused and don't you take on other people's offense. Okay? Because see, offense will eventually fizzle out. Amen? Amen. I mean, most of the stuff, anytime, I mean, you know, it's just, that's how folks are, you know. They eventually realize, okay, I wasn't right. And then, you know, I told y'all Thanksgiving coming up. By Thanksgiving, you're going to see all of them. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to eat turkey by themselves? Yeah, okay, y'all. When last time you went and bought a 10-pound turkey just to eat by yourself? See? I know. I want you to love on them, every one of them. I want you to love them when you see them. I want you to wave. I want you to be the first one to speak. I want you to go up to them and tell them you're glad to see them. Well, see, you got to get that out of you because, see, this thing I'm going to teach you now, you can't operate in it without love. Okay? So when I get it, okay? Amen. And if you marry, you have at least 24 hours every day to get in the fence. Amen? <laughs> so I understand it. Amen? Yeah, I, mean, I remember the first time I talked to my wife like she was one of my soldiers and she had to remind me she was not in the military. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> my rank was out of order real fast. Amen. <laughs> yeah. See, I tell people all the time, I have to live a real safe life in my household, but my wife ain't fake. 
Yeah, you know, I see some fake people, you know, because, you know, they come in for a hand. Oh, sweet Jesus. Hallelujah. And then they get to the car, you know, they be like, yeah. <laughs> My wife ain't that woman. <laughs> she got to be happy for real. Because <laughs> the world will know she ain't happy. So, uh, no. Yeah, I tell people that's new. I can't fake that like that, you know. <laughs> so can I tell you a true story? Real story. You're like this. We go to church, and I don't know what demon it was that convinced me to say it. But we were talking about something, in a, you know, in an agitated state. And so I said, well, you know, that's just stupid. On our way to church. We get to church, and it was already kind of crowded. You know, we didn't have to go in the balcony, but we were sitting in the back. And she wouldn't sit on one row, and I was sitting on another row. And so, and the steam was floating. <laughs> and it wasn't the glory. <laughs> and so, and one of these ushers who knew who knew us come down to, hey, bro, come. I got two seats together today. I'm like, go on, bro. <laughs> you didn't leave us alone right now. I said, no, no, we are. He said, no, no, no. We, 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 I got two seats down here. Y'all can sit together. I was like, bro, <laughs> leave us alone. <laughs> and he go, he must don't hit me. So he go down there to Regina. Hey, hey, Sister Regina, I got two seats together. I don't sit with him. Lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, real quick. Anyway, so you can't fake with the anointing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, we've grown since then. Amen. Amen. We've been married 30 years now, but, yeah, I learned my lesson quick with that one, boy. I was like, mm -mm, no, this is not the way to do this. Amen. Amen. Help sanctify your tongue. Amen. Amen. Help you think twice, too. Amen. <laughs> all right, now. So, uh, all right, I'm looking at the clock there. I got about an hour and 10 minutes worth of data to show. I'm going to show you one card. Your pastor has it in his email. If not, it'll be there in, uh, later on. I already sent it to you of uh, something you can share, but I want to show them a practical example on how I use this regimen. And it's a card that I built that I've been using probably for about 10 plus years. Um, it is, and it is the intent of it is for you just to be able to take it. Thank you, brother. And so it's just a regimen. It has like five or six scriptures on it. But on the right side, it has the companies that I was looking at as I was getting ready to go back and change my career. Now, for those of you who don't know, are we streaming or recording? Where are we? Okay. All right. Live too? All right. And so as I was making a decision on this, one of the things that I had to do is I guess have to kind of watch what I say because some other parts of it. man. And so I'm just wanting you you can replace it. It's an editable file. I, I'm going to send it to him in Word. I print that on a four by eight card. I keep it with me at all times. Uh, and it's just the way I love three by five and four by six cards. I just think it's just great. They fit in my shirt pocket. They can go inside of my little jacket thing. They go in my little bag and I carry them with them everywhere I go. And so whatever I'm working on for that moment that I'm renewing my mind on, I want to have the ability to call it out three, five times a day. And I want to have quick access to it. Don't overload yourself trying to get 20, 30, 50 scriptures or carry your whole Bible. Get those three or four scriptures that weave in together on the same topic you're dealing with, and then you just use it over and over and over, and then you call those things out according to the written word of God, right? Romans 4, 17. So uh, I sent that to him. You can have them printed or just give them to him electronically, however you want to do it. Uh, you're not going to offend me if you want to put another scripture on I just wanted to give you a practical example on how to use it. Amen. Amen. So hopefully that will be a blessing to you. So, um, all right, guys, let's start from the top and kind of go forward. So we talked last night a little bit uh, about the overall piece uh, of looking at both renewing our mind as a king. And now we're going to talk tonight a little bit about restoring our thought life. Amen. 
And what I want to make sure of is that you understand that 2019 is meant to be a, a blessing year for you. We've been confessing at my church for the entire year that 2019 is our best financial year ever until 2020 shows up. And what I did, though, because that can be a big jump for people, is that I broke it down by quarters. So every quarter, I had everybody to have a goal, two goals we're working on. Goal number one, what it, I'm going to have increase in my life personally, either a pay raise or extra finances coming in uh, by the end of the quarter. And then at the end of those four quarters, it should be whatever number they have for the year. So this wasn't, this was a call to action. Okay, so I want to make sure I explain that. And then the second one was I gave two target goals for savings accounts that at the end of the year, they're supposed to have this amount of money in their savings account that will not be used in their checking account. Y'all know how y'all do sometimes, you know, just as a pass through, no pass through. This money is there and it stays there. Okay, uh, as of last poll, now we, of course, we take people at their word, 75% of my people already have their savings met and holding true to it, not using it. And at least 50% of the people have had some increase in their job in there. By the way, uh, one of them is birthed out of this house right here. Cameron has seen two of them already. He's had a whole job change. I don't know if he told y'all, did he tell y'all? Yeah, Cameron got a promotion at work using the principle. Amen. Yeah, he's just faithful. I tell him, he just go do it. I like that about him too, boy. Amen. Amen. He can too, boy, when he comes to my house. That boy, ooh, I was talking about to eat good. <laughs> but he always brings something, mama. So, so y'all at least know that. Y'all taught him well. Empty handed. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, no, they're not over there often, but every time we have holidays and they don't make it home and everything, we try to make sure that they, they come and hang out with us. And, and uh, he, 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 he likes to come because he'll put a request in. Can Pastor Regina make that become a pie? I said, I said, I invited you. Now you want to make special requests. I tell you. No, no, we liked it. Let's take your Bibles in your hand. Let's make this confession of faith real quick. Say, Father, I thank you for the power of the word, for the gift of grace, and the power of faith. I am triumphant. I'm more than a conqueror. Every faith fight I'm in, all I do is win. Losing is not an option. 2019 is my best financial year ever. Now, that means between now and the end of the year, you're going to see increase that's going to make it better than last year. We call that in, okay? We expect it. And I'm going to teach you how to sow tonight with an intensity, all right? So, guys, let's just go ahead and go to the quick summary. I want to do a quick overview over a couple things. Uh, I showed you some photos and stuff last night. But now, last night, we talked about this, um, uh, why it's important. Amen. Y'all see that? That's the building we're calling in. Amen. Hallelujah, that's the for you and everything. And then we believe by faith, y'all come visit and be sitting right there in those seats. Amen? Amen. That's my beautiful bride, 30 years. Amen. That's, that's from our 30th year anniversary this year uh, while we were over in St. Kitt. Now, let's talk about the objectives we went through real quick. I'm just going to hit these real fast. And I really only have one main slide we're going to kind of talk through, but I want you to write. I want you to actually go through, write the scriptures down and go back and visit on number one. It's create an expectation for a 2019 continual harvest. I want you to get in the mindset that you're not supposed to harvest every once in a while, but it's supposed to be an everyday thing, okay? Then I want you to identify the laws that come out of the kingdom that's going to help you to succeed because God called you to be a success. Now, listen, don't let anybody try to tell you that based on your job title that you're not a success because I know some millionaire plumbers. And if you don't believe it, call one of them out to your house. They don't take $10 an hour no more. Amen. 
Amen. So now this is important for you to understand that. Next is I want to help you develop a wealth mentality. Now, listen, your mentality of wealth is not about money. It's about how you think about wealth that will attract money and all the other things that come along with it. Amen. I asked the question last night, how many people believe God for their house? Everybody didn't raise their hand. And I said, well, how many you have a house? And I'm going like, okay, something's wrong that we have Christians not desiring a home. Something's wrong there, okay? And that's not talking down. That just means that we, as the leaders of the ministries and the call that God have on our life, we've got to build that desire on the inside of them, amen? they got to understand that, that if you're going to live heaven on earth and God says you have a mansion up there, you ought to at least have at least four bedrooms and three baths here at a minimum. Okay, we're going to get everybody there. Okay, all right, let me go first. Then you got to learn how to transfer. What does that mean? That means that it don't mean anything to me that Paul says, I have a debit and a credit account, and I don't know the PIN number. Now, I struggle with that. You got all your blessings in heaven. Look here, bro. The rent man does not go to heaven to get paid. Oh, am I the only one? I, was, I didn't understand this. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Give me the GPS code, the number. I'll take it. Longitude, latitude, and I'm going to tie a rope around his hand and mine. And I couldn't understand why all these statements were being made, but nobody would explain to me what to do and how to do it. If I have an account, how do I withdraw out of that account? I mean, that's a simple question, right? So I want to make sure we understand that. And then uh, understand the season that I'm currently in. There's sometimes you're going through certain seasons, but listen, it doesn't matter the season. God has a way to provide for you. Stop thinking it's bad. Now, I'm going to say a couple things here, and I'm not trying to disrupt you. you got to be cautious that because you grew up in a city that the union heavily supports, that you don't make the union God. Okay? Now he's, you know, I get to go home tomorrow, so he can, you know, soothe all that over and everything, all right? But let me just ask this question while I'm on that. Do they give you enough to live on? Okay, all right. So now, develop an image for, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it right there and let you decide. You willing to die for somebody who won't even do enough for you to live on? I mean, the army at least paid you enough to live on. Uh, am I against the union? No, I'm not. They, they, they had a purpose for what they were doing, okay? But I'm just telling you, be cautious how much you depend on it because God doesn't like having anything in front of him classified as God. Okay. And then you got to develop an image for success at all times. Now, people always tell me, Pastor, you got to watch what you say, you know, because you, you know, people, listen, <laughs> I have angels with me at all times. Amen? Amen. And then just on the side note, Uncle Sam spent $2.4 million training me well. Amen. <laughs> the last thing I'm worried about is somebody messing with me, okay? Okay. <laughs> Amen. I'm combat qualified, sniper qualified, and I teach weapons, Okay. Ain't word. Amen. Praise God. I'll tell y'all a story here in a little bit that'll help you laugh about it. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. Amen. Talking about threats. That's the first thing. That's the first class they taught us. Anybody that threatens, you show them why they shouldn't threaten. They should have attacked. <laughs> oh, that's too real. Okay. Okay. I'm going to back up. Okay. 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 Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. See, this is a threat. What's a threat? Yeah. I don't even know what that means. 
First day of the class, they taught us that. Had a kid come up to the front, tax charge, stand up there. He said, I want you to threaten me. And he said so and so and so and so. And the, I mean, he put this boy down. This boy was hurt for two days. I was like, this is a classroom. He said, no, this is life, son. He said, we ain't training you for class. We're training you for combat. He said, what, do you think you're going to get in the ring? Somebody going to blow the whistle? He said, that enemy going to try to kill you. The devil is out to kill you. And you better learn faith and become proficient with it like you understand you're in combat. Church ain't a play place. This is where you get trained. You waiting on somebody else to show up and rescue you. God is your survival. He is your increase. He is your overflow. Now, what I'm going to show you tonight, for every seed you've ever sown, everything you've ever done to honor and bless your man of God, God saw it, kept record of it, and there's a harvest set aside for you on it. His ministry is not a building. And if you believe that, you're going to miss the harvest on what you sow into. Because, see, the blessing that was on Joseph wasn't tied to where his family was. The gift is what's going to make the room. And you done tapped into the gift because you've now learned how to transfer on the inside of your life and your family off of the seed that you've already sown. I'm an active sower. Look here. Whatever school this young man here ends up in, I'm going to call out to the Lord. Now, God, don't forget, I put a seed in him. Now, I know he's about to be president next year, but I'm just saying. You remember, I sowed in the Christian's life in Jesus' name. So when he hit his billionaire state, working with a sheik over in the Middle East to bring oil into Flint, to open up five new plants for everybody in the city can have new jobs. Come on. If it's generational, it's a generational blessing. And you, you know, you got to stop letting the enemy tell you that, well, you know, it's my job. Your job ain't got nothing to do with it. God don't need your job to bless you. Okay? He care less about where you work. He just wants your gift at work. You choose the company. You, I mean, I don't know. Well, I just need me a better place to work. No, you need a better attitude. You need to get to work on time so the Lord can promote you. All right. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so it needs to be multiplied, the first thing, but it says knowledge. Say knowledge. Knowledge is nothing more than data. Data sits inside of the soulless realm, not the spirit realm. The spirit realm can actually filter and give you knowledge, but the intent of you having that knowledge is so that you can operate and function in the day-to-day life. Do you understand that? Now, you're used to data because you have a phone, and they give you a data plan, and all that is is the collection of things and knowledge that you read and see every day. Everybody get that? That's from newspapers to photos to people you pass in the store to folks you run into at Neiman Marcus to the money you pay at Nordstrom's when you go to shop. Whatever it is, or shopping at Market Street or uh, whatever the grocery store chain is here, Myers. that's what it is here. All of that is is nothing but a collection of data, okay? That's what knowledge is. The next thing after that is what do I do with that? That is wisdom. Wisdom is the correct application of the knowledge you currently have. So this is why God can come into you if you were a PhD and give you instruction to do something and you win, but he can also bring wisdom to somebody with a sixth grade education and they can win the same faith fight and folks look and go, I don't understand. He's smarter than him. It has nothing to do with being smart. It has to do with being submitted 
understanding how the power of God works with word. Wisdom can use any level of data knowledge to create a breakthrough. But the next level is, say, understanding. Understanding is the ability to repeat it consistently on demand and stand in faith for the results because you already know how it works. This is why the enemy does things to distract you during church. You can be up, given a key point, and all of a sudden somebody go, you want some gum? You'd be like, what flavor you got? No, I don't like that one. I like some. You don't have any some? I have some. All right, then you go back and you listen listening, and you just miss, watch this, 45 seconds of life-changing information that would have converted the knowledge you have into wisdom for tomorrow over some cinnamon gum. Now, it seems funny, but you got to know. Because, see, when I go to Chicago, so my, my spiritual father is Pastor Bill Winston. He has a conference every a couple times a year that we go to. I'm focused. And I have never in my life, it's amazing to me that ministers go to church and don't pay attention. How in the world are you going to go? I mean, I mean, they really want to talk. And I, I don't, I, I'm a student. Don't disrupt me in class. One year I went, this little kid kept leaning on over me because I had to work that day and I got there a little late and I had me in the overflow room. And this lady, I guess you was a single mom. I'm not knocking that. Hey, anointing grace there for everything. Amen. But the kid got sleepy. I'm like, hey, mom, you need to take him home, buy a tape, CD, or whatever. But, you know, he started leaning on me, and I, on my right arm. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like, okay, hey, man, praise God. You know, and then I try to lean on, baby, Regina's like, baby, why are you, I said, this little boy keep leaning on me. You know, and so I'm trying to, I'm writing my notes and everything, and then he leaned on, you know, lean on. And then all of a sudden, he, he getting comfortable. I, I said, okay. So I kind of push him all over a little bit, right? You know, and mom is ignoring him. And then all of a sudden, I noticed she just kind of pushed him over on me. I, I left my children at home for this reason. I guess she got to go to the bathroom or something like that. I just went, later on, like, you lay over there in the seat where your mommy is, whatever it is. But I don't like being distracted when I'm learning the word. Don't be asking me, what'd he say? What'd he say? By the time. Come on, what'd he say? You bootlegging it anyway on your phone, go home and replay it. So, now, okay, be good, Tony. Sweet lips. Amen. Praise God. Say your neighbor said, the blessing is already there. I need to transfer. Okay, so then, why is it important for me to transfer? Five major things required for me to have a harvest. Number one is a seed. A seed is the supernatural flood survivor. It's the only thing that God allowed Adam and Eve to bring out of the garden other than themselves. When you go and look, God only created seed one time, but he didn't create it. He brought it. You never hear him saying he created seed. The Bible says he planted it, a garden eastward. So that means he pulled it out of the heaven resources where he was. So seed is spiritual. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you look at Noah. Noah goes in. The Bible says that it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And then it says that the rain sustained, that the waters covered the earth for almost nine months. Some translations, some say seven. And it said that nothing grew during that entire time. And then all of a sudden, he sends out a raven, he sends out a dove. He sends out a raven, he sends out a dove. And then the dove comes back with an olive leaf. Where did it come from? The original seed that God had planted. So the seed is a supernatural flood survivor. Which means, watch this, it has the ability to survive 
in the garden, but it also has the ability to survive after the curse. Come on now, don't make me have to tell your neighbor, said the seed survived after the curse. So now what's the key? That means that once the conditions get right again, the seed knows exactly what's to do. Now, I learned all this because I grew up in the country in Mississippi, and sowing and reaping was a natural part of our life. And so my mindset was able to catch a hold of it. And I understand that there's a third. The second thing is the soil. Say the soil. the soil. The challenge that we run into is that you see people saying they sow but don't reap. And then, you know, they go, yeah, but you know, it's time, it's hard. You know, you heard what they said was going on in Detroit. You know what's going on in Flint. You know, GM left them in a bad place. I didn't know GM was God. I mean, I'm just saying. Because my Bible says in Genesis 26 that Isaac sowed in a famine. My Bible tells me in Ruth chapter 1, in the famine, and then in Ruth 2, she says, I'm going to go find a field that I can go and glean after the reapers. Hold on, stop, wait a minute. If it's a famine, nothing is growing. Why do they have reapers working? That's the perfect time to lay off. That's the perfect time for the union to strike. Well, I'm just trying to make it real. I mean, there's a famine. It's justifiable. Now, listen, So I, I, I get it. Yeah, I heard that, Lord of the Spirit. I know some of y'all have family that's in the union. I get that. But are you trying to tell me you tithing, sitting up in here on a Friday night, not out with your family and friends, and you believe the union greater than God? I mean, I'm just asking. Nobody else around here going to ask you, so I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Why don't you go open up a company that generates revenue using whatever source that God provides for you, and then even when times get bad, you still teach people how to reap, even in the famine. I got news for you. Whoever provides, they will serve. Okay, okay. All right, so now. I have the seed, I have the soil. I put the seed in the right soil. It will now find the right conditions. So, okay, it's a famine. It's dry. I don't have a whole lot of money. What do I do? That's how come God teaches you to sow to the anointing. The Bible says that the fivefold is worthy of double honor. But the shepherd, the one who keeps you, who prays for you, is worthy to be sown into. Why? Because he's soil. He's made from dirt. Genesis 2-7. And God formed man out of the dirt. Everybody agree with that? Okay, so therefore, sowing seed to him is putting seed in dirt. Everybody agree? See, I'm not going to trick you. I'm going to walk you through the word. Everybody agree with that? All right. Does the Bible not also say that there's a river of living water on the inside of you? So then watch this. So a walking man of God is a walking garden. You can sow into the soil and he can water it from the water within. So that's the only way Isaac could have got a harvest in a famine. He had to go to a greenhouse to grow it. A greenhouse is, watch this, is creating an environment that is perfect for a seed to grow when the outside environment does not produce the right conducive environment. So the anointing does. Yeah. See, you thought you gave your pastor a dollar. You didn't realize you were putting it in a greenhouse for the perfect growing conditions. By the way, don't let the enemy judge your seed because I have practiced this and I have done this and proved it out with a dollar seed. And I've seen God do supernatural things. It's never the amount of your seed. Listen to this statement. It is never the amount of your seed 
It is the amount you keep that you trust more than God. Okay, all right. Listen to me. It is never the amount of the seed. It's the amount that you keep. Okay, here we go. The Lord tells you to sow, and then the Lord tells you to stretch. You say, okay, Lord, I was going to use this $20 for gas. He ain't asking you for the 20 It's that 50 you got in your underwear sock drawer that you're saving for an emergency just in case. That's the seed he's asking for. Okay. I'm, I'm, amen, Pastor. I know. Okay. I ain't been looking at your mail. I'm just saying. It's never the amount that you sow. It's the amount that you keep. Judge yourself. Are you trying to hide? Listen, that's exactly what happened in Judges chapter 6. The Bible comes and it says that Gideon was hiding wheat from the Midianites. So watch this. I got to save some just in case. They forgot that God was the source. So every time you try to keep extra back, do I believe in saving? Yes. I'm not telling you not to save. You're supposed to be a good steward. But you don't supposed to save more than what you sow. Because what you sow determines how much you have left over to save. Stop living off what your job pay you and live off the harvest versus the seed you sow. And if you can get your mind wrapped around that, then God will give you the seed. He gives seed to the sower. And then now you have the soil. That's the anointed man or one of God that God gives you. So as you sow into a good ministry or you sow into a good minister, you know now that that is soil and water. Amen? The next one is the sower. Say the sower. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 that he gives seed to the he gives seed to the, you didn't say church member. You didn't say Christian. He said the, which tells me you can be saved and not a sower. It's not just the person who goes to church. The sower has a different mentality than everybody else. He knows that once I put it in the ground, that God is going to produce a supernatural harvest for my life. I believe that Joseph was a supernatural sower. Because why? Because you don't get to go and talk to God and get answers if you don't violate one of the laws. And he was Hebrew, which means he had to continually tithe throughout the time, even while he was captured. Just because times got hard and you got laid off don't mean you get an opportunity not to do what God instructed you to do. Tell your neighbor, say, trust the Father. Now, why do I want to do that? Because at all times, every time I put a seed, the seed, supernatural floods of the soil, the God that he anoints you to be. The sower, the one that has the mentality of what he's doing. The next one is say submission. Say submission. submission. Say submission. 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 Compound word. Submission. I get under the mission of the one God puts me under. That's what submission means. Now, I understand this because, see, being a green beret, one of the things that you have to do is this. You trust when you give an order and you believe that the one you gave the order to will follow it. Okay, true story. I shared the story with David the other day. I had this captain when I first went through my training as a cadet. I got assigned to a cab unit temporarily. And while I was going through that cab unit, I was a 31 Charlie in communications for this cab unit. And it, it was a great unit, great captain. He really took care of his people. I mean, to the point to where as his career would grow, people would do extra and above for him just because he was a good officer. 
I become a Green Beret. It's 1992. My unit gets uh, called up out of Central and South America, which is where we were stationed at the time. And all of a sudden, uh, I get called back on the active duty. And all of a sudden, by 94, 93, 94, I'm deployed over and we're going through this private briefing and I'm there. And he's a colonel now who was a captain under me then. And at the time, I think I was the first lieutenant or captain. I can't remember. I think I was a captain then. And so my team gets an assignment. Special Forces team, I'm an 18 Alpha, 12 of us. We go in to do things that everybody else said can't be done and expect to come home. Okay, praise the name. Yeah, they train, they train you to have faith, amen? No, no, see, part of the training exercise is this. While you're there and if you get captured, remember, there's a whole nation coming to get you. That's what they train to tell us. So I'm like, okay, all right, so we're doing this, and I'm in this briefing, and we come out, and the general actually makes a statement to him. He reports directly to General Schwarkoff. He says, uh, I was a captain. He said, Captain, does your team understand what we need to have done? Yeah, he said, I need you guys to come back in 24 hours with a plan, and I want to know how you're going to execute. So we walk out of the briefing, and the colonel comes over to me. He said, hey, Shaw. I said, hey, yes, sir. He said, uh, I know what you're thinking about. He said, uh, that's not the safest thing to do. I said, really, sir? You got to understand, I respect this man. I, I, I served under him. I said, yes, sir. He said, um, you're you going to put some people's lives at risk. I said, yeah, you're right, you're right. He said, I can see that look on your face. I know what you were getting ready to do. He said, I know you. He said, you need, to, you need to pass on that, okay? I said, okay. So I'm walking. And about this time, another lieutenant colonel sees me. Hey, Cap. Hey, sir, yes. He can't let me holler at you. Now, he's a special forces officer like I am. He walks up next to me. How you doing, Cap? I said, I'm doing good. So you're talking to the colonel? Yeah. He said, how you know him? I said, I used to serve under him. He said, you know, I did too. I said, really? He says, man, I said, he sure is. Solid. He said, yeah, that's why he's in that briefing. He's one of the best soldiers they had around here. I said, okay, sir. He said, uh, he gave you some advice, didn't he? he said, I said, yes, sir, he did. He said, don't you follow it. <laughs> I said, well, sir, why would I not follow he said, listen, son, he's a cav officer. You wear that green beret for a reason. He's giving you advice on a fight he's never been in. He ain't equipped to instruct you on something from theory that you know by practical application. You've been in 18 different countries with these same 12 men and did what others said was impossible and you get ready to go do number 19 and you're going to take instruction from somebody who read the book? You were called for such a time as this. You go do what you've been trained to do. See, faith is practical. It's meant to be used every day. We live by faith, not by event. We call those things to be not as though they are. Every moment we get an opportunity and we expect it to change. We ain't just trying to think it's better. See, that's what all these other religions do. They think it's going to be all right. You got to think positive. You got to think positive. I'm all about PMA. I, don't get me wrong. I think that's a great thing. I read books about it all the time. But I got news for you. You can be thinking it's bad, and all of a sudden you're on a boat with a hole in it. Your thing ain't going to plug that hole. You're sitting there going down. The boat just sinking. It's a good day, though. It's a good day. It's a good day. No, no, listen to me. Faith is an enforced spiritual power that's backed up by God himself on words that he has spoken, and he commands everything he created to obey when it's spoken. So the moment he says that word, everything says, that is the word of God. Obey. 
So now that boat's going down, but all of a sudden, that water hit. Uh, he said, don't let that boat go down. And the water says, now based upon the density and gravity and with the hole, whatever you got to do, self-plug it, put a fish in it, or just hold it up. But God's word said, don't sink. Faith changes things. You ain't just thinking it's better. You have an expectation. Boldness comes up on the inside of you. Now, why do I have that confidence? We talked about those three things the other night. God can't lie. All right, so now tell your neighbor, say, if I'm going to grow and have financial increase, it requires a seed. Listen to me. For those of you that have financial problems, grace will sustain you for a season, but grace will not produce supernatural increase. Increase is a biblical principle following a law that cannot be stopped, but you must be a participant in it by obedience. How are you going to dare tell God, well, God, if you just did, what do you mean if you just did? He told you what to do. Right. See, we love, see, okay, this is why I didn't want a pastor. No, no, because see, I, 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 I taught children church. You, you can influence kids. I mean, give them a Jolly Rancher, give them some little stretchy nerd candy and some Cheetos, the kids would do anything. <laughs> Tell me you, tell, you, need, you want to know? Yeah, sit down. Okay, okay, okay. They sit down. I'm going to get some candy. Why are you going to get some candy? Because I'm sitting down. Uh-uh. They hard-headed. I, I told Lord, I said, uh-uh, I'll stay in church. Like, no. <laughs> they hard. You know why? Because they always want to talk about, I'm grown. I can do what I want to do. That's why you in trouble. <laughs> what are you talking about? You grown. Grown folks have grown problems. You know why? Because they look for somebody else to pull them out. They look for somebody else's blessing to become their excuse to slack. They look for somebody else's increase to become their reason for not saving. They look for somebody else who's a tither to become their rescue. It's time for you to stop and tell them, grow up and do it yourself. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This, ain't, this ain't a lesson. Hold on. No, no, no. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Come back to your notes, Tony Shaw. Amen. Praise God. All right, guys, go back. Go, uh, go to the three keys that I that I put up on last night. I want to run through those real fast just to make sure everybody gets them. Because, see, now, three things that I had to do that really grounded me in not ever questioning what God said. Number one, get a kingdom mindset fully developed. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, a man thinking. Now, listen, be careful because, see, there are a lot of worldly books trying to use this scripture. Because they try to get you on the law of attraction, and then they try to get you in the law of thought. The law of attraction is number sowing and reaping. But they're trying to do it without the Spirit of God backing it up. And yeah, you can, you can get a few things that way, but that's not the way it works. The second thing is God cannot lie. Tell your neighbor, say, God cannot lie. Not will not, say cannot lie. Now, I gave you all the scriptures here for a reason. So you'll be able to go through and listen. When I got that down on the inside of me, I was reading Hebrews 6 and 18. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I had been reading the scripture forever. And I was pretending like I knew what it meant. I mean, put, put up Hebrews 6, 18 for me with you real quick. It's one of those scriptures that you can read it. It has power in it. But then you have yourself kind of like, uh, what does that mean? So that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. 
sowing into this man of God's life, sowing into this man of God's life. Now, God, what do you say concerning that? And God says, well, that's an immutable. So I'm walking around here. Boy, you know, today was an immutable day. Got my immutable blessing en route. My immutable press down shaking together right now. I don't even know what the word means. And it turned out like I got revelation on it. And then I finally, I was taking the insurance exam. I never forget it. I was taking this exam, I'm going through it. And, it says, and then it says, life insurance, whole policy. And it says, this has an immutable clause on the beneficiary. I said, oh, wait a minute. I know that word. I've seen that word before. I raised my hand now. See, we don't ask questions at church because we like to pretend like we know. But anyway, I raised my hand at the end of class. <laughs> I said, um, you know, we're going through this prep and we got this test coming up. Because, uh, see, this is going to impact my money. I said, what does this immutable mean? And the guy said, oh, you're talking about uh, section five sub B? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, oh, that means it can't be changed. I said, what, what did you just say? The moment he said it, something went off on the inside of me. Every time I read a truth that God promised, I like to say it this way for me personally. God has written a script of breakthrough and blessings for my life, and Satan doesn't have edit rights. Now, I, it may not look like it's in final steps right now, but God's already printed the final story. I win. So why are you going to let Satan edit a finished product? Because Isaiah 46 and 10 said he completed it at the end and then went back and started it. Because I'm a breakthrough. Tell your neighbor, said breakthrough. Blessings already there, folks. So, all right. So now five things we keep talking about. Now, why is it important? Number one, you got to have a seed. Without a seed, there's no harvest. The Bible tells me that a seed first must fall and die. All right, then the next thing that I got to have is soil. Say soil. But what happens when I have a famine? That's why I can sow into the man of God. The man of God is formed from dirt, Genesis 2, 7. But he's also a river of living waters on the inside of him. So even though it's a dry land on the outside, when I sow into the anointing, the anointing is soil that can self-water every seed. So I can grow during a dry season by putting into the anointing when everybody else is waiting on what's going on with the union, what's going on with the crops, what's going on. I don't have to do that because I got a self-contained greenhouse that can grow my harvest. That's the soil. The next thing that I got, the so I got my seed, got my soil, then it's the sower. Sower is not the same as Christian. So there's a different mentality that tells me to sow. The next one I have is submission. Say submission. I got to make sure that I don't submit to the wrong authority. Because, see, God has already told me that these laws can't be changed. And then the next one, say the source. The source comes. God says, I am the source. Now, listen, if he's the source, let him use any channel he wants. Any who, any how, any way, just receive. All right, now, turn to Deuteronomy with me, chapter 7, because, see, one of the things that we mess up with is that we say we receive, and what we really mean is we hope, and then we don't know what to do when it don't show up. But, see, tonight I'm going to make you a receiver. Deuteronomy chapter 7, I got to get there. Come on, Tony. Because, see, I got to get you to the restoration steps. Amen. That quite right, David? Okay, I'm just checking. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. I am. Amen. I'm on central time. Amen. <laughs> All right, let's pick it up here in verse 1. It says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Parasites, the Havites, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. Listen, if you can win it in the flesh, it ain't a big fight and you don't need faith for it. Okay? 
Let's keep going. It says, and when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You should make no covenant with them nor show mercy to them. Now, what I did was a little short study, and I kept seeing this thing where God says, the, the land that God has given you. He said, Moses, Joshua's going to take him over to the land that I've given them. But listen, he gives it, but you must receive it. Now, listen, receiving is a spiritual acceptance of God's word is truth. When I receive it, I accept. Now, can I give you an example? All right, really, really simple. Okay, let's see. What's your daughter saying? That's your daughter there? You want to, can you help me? You come up here. Come here, be a blessing. Amen. You too, come on. Come on, I'm, I'm going to show you real quick. Tell your neighbor, say how to receive. Okay. Now, first of all, let, let, let me just double check. Both of y'all can count, right? <laughs> well, I'm just asking. Okay. All right. I'm going to give you $100. I'm going to give you $100, okay? You, you okay to receive it? I'm not trying to trick you. Okay, all right. And you'll know when you receive it, right? Okay, all right. So let's do this. So, beef, all right, it's on. I'm going to give you that right there. All right, now, so how much did you receive? How much did you receive? About eight dollars. I see a twenty in there, bro. Twenty-five dollars. <laughs> okay. All right. So now, I told, I gave both of you how much? A hundred. But how much did you receive? How much did you receive? No, that's how much manifested. Because you receive on the inside. It manifests on the outside. But we don't think we've received until it manifests. See, for it to receive it, you have to trust the giver. Because, see, I may just have to go back to my other bag to get the rest. But if you didn't receive a 50, you stop expecting. And the moment you stop expecting, you come out of faith. And then Satan puts pressure in the gap where you have faith. And all of a sudden, you're trying to go, wait a minute, why didn't I get the 50? Because you allow something to come in there and block what was supposed to be released. Listen to me. This man don't have anything to do with this building. The seed you've sown, you stay in faith for the harvest on it. Every seed you put in the ground, you put a spiritual demand on it. Now, Lord, you told me when I sold that seed in 2011 to Pastor David's ministry, I'm expecting the harvest on that seed. Okay, bless it. All right, I can You don't want it? Oh, okay. Well, just... All right, okay. All right, now. <laughs> amen. I, amen. All right, now. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, say, God's the sword. 100 fold return. Okay. All right, so now. Once I got an understanding of what it meant to receive, now I realize my faith is there to help it manifest. Because the receiving can't stop, but your thoughts can. So as a man thinketh, so if I can get you to stop thinking broke, then broke won't hang around you. Because what you think about is attracted to you. See, you can't tell me, I just it ain't no good men. It's because you keep thinking about thug men. No, no, no. See, that's the reality of it is. I mean, because they don't want to tell you what they're really thinking about is in their hidden thing. That's what manifests. I can't find no women that cook. You ain't looking for her to cook. 
Okay, that's a whole nother teaching. Okay. Separate message there. Genesis chapter one. I mean, I'm just saying, you 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 know, trying to deceive somebody. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, say, I trust God. So now, once I learn how to receive, I learn how to flow in the spirit of things that God does, and I don't get confused over a channel versus the source. So the five things, I got the seed, I got the soil, I have the sower, I have the submission, and then I have the source. See, we worship the source. See, see, why do you think these folks are willing to stand out there for a cause? See, I, I don't live here, I mean, so I can keep saying this, right? Y'all better be careful with a fake Pharaoh trying to take the place of your Jehovah. Because see, here's a question. See, and I'm a consultant, so I ask these kind of questions all the time as an executive, so it don't bother me. Okay, so now you want everybody to stop working, and you're going to pay them one-tenth of what they normally would make, and you're okay with their family struggling on that one-tenth, but how much are you making, Mr. Coordinator and Mr. Voice of the union? Y'all didn't ask? Y'all didn't ask if they were getting one-tenth of that? Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Due season. All right. Tell your neighbor, say due season. Due season means that I make a demand in the spirit realm for things that has already been entitled to me by the blessing of God through righteousness of when the enemy tries to tell me I have to wait. But I learn how to engage the dual process of sowing. See, we have done the church a disservice because we tell them to sow a seed and get a supernatural harvest. True statement, but it doesn't come instant. Because see, Mark chapter 4 says there's a process to it. It goes from the blade. Now, now, now time is not requirement. Now, don't forget, I'll be back in November. We're going to talk about the dominion thing, right? But you need to understand something. Five things that God gave man dominion over. Number one, he gave dominion over time, dominion over your thoughts, dominion over your talent, dominion over treasure, and dominion over your territory. And you have dominion to exercise over all five of those things because they were created in Genesis 1 all the way up to Genesis 26. And then he gave man dominion over all of them. Now, the moment he gave him dominion over those, Satan says, now I need to get him to either release that dominion or watch this, or give me the authority. See, your authority is in your mouth. But watch this. But verbal authority must be backed up by a power. See, so I understand it. So when I got ready to become a second lieutenant, they brought us in. We had our dress screens on. We stand up. They made us raise a hand up. And they asked us about all the questions about our enemies, foreign and domestic. We said, yes, we understand that. And then they said, oh, but now one thing extra. You are now a commissioned officer, different from a non-commissioned officer, which means you can execute orders of law and command and understand that the nation will back up what you say. Really? But watch this. But your orders are restricted, and then they give us a category of what we can do. You understand that? Well, see, if Satan can get you to operate verbally incorrectly, he can get you outside of what you're authorized to talk about. Then he can take your authority and use it against you. Because, see, you are a speaking spirit. So the earth is going to obey. You keep saying you can't pay your bills, and they, okay, that's what they want. They are king. Because in the word of a king, there is power. Okay? Now, I know you know some of those. So, so let, me, let me get to this because I want to make sure. Hey, your neighbor said, I'm entitled, I'm entitled 
to receive what is mine. Multiplied, pressed down, shaking together. I just can't quit. Tell your neighbor, say, you're not a quitter. Say, you're not a quitter. You're not a quitter. We're going to shake all the punk out of you tonight. You're going to leave out of here knowing that by faith you're supposed to win every time. We know sometimes. I watch a guy go all the way to the last day to where we're now, not only have we made it through Q, we're now in Seer in the last three days. The last three days. That's, it's supposed to be a cakewalk now. I lost 14% body fat. I done ate stuff I would have never thought I And I'm country, and I can eat some crazy stuff. And I done ate stuff there that I didn't think I was going to eat. They came through and took all the food in the cafeteria and threw it in the dumpster. You guys go find what you want. And we ain't ate in six days. They were standing around. I was elbows and knees in. Boy, I was like, I'm going to get the good pieces first, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let y'all get the leftovers. But all of a sudden, they give us an instruction to go do something. And a guy actually questioned the command of the commander. And he said, well, what do you think? He said, well, I'm waiting to see what they say. And he came to tell me, so you can go home. See, God is not going to repeat what he's already said. See, when it comes to the situation, God's already completed and finished it. Jesus said, oh, man, I need my expanded Bible. He said that it is finished, accomplished, and complete. See, when God speaks twice, he's speaking for revelation. He says, I speak once, yet I speak twice, that it may be revealed. One time is for information for you to grab hold of. Second time is for revelation for you to take action. So if you're looking for God to speak twice to you, it's just to bring clarity to you, not to come against your enemy. Because in his mind, that enemy already defeated. Tell your neighbor, say, restore. restore. I'm in a church teaching. I wasn't a pastor yet. Wasn't even a teacher yet, actually, full time. I was still teaching children church and stuff, you know, at another church and everything. And this pastor there locally, I met him at the gym. And I told some of you this testimony before. And he asked me to come teach at his church. Now, uh, it was a traditional church, you know. And so since I wasn't licensed, he said that, uh, you know, you're going to be my speaker. Like, okay. He said, but I got special permission for you to be able to stand in the pulpit. I said, I don't got to stand. Put me in a chair. I'll stand in the chair. It don't matter. He said, well, no, we want you to be able to stand. I, hey, you know, church, you know. So anyway, I said, okay. So he said, and then after you speak, then, you know, we'll have somebody to get up and preach. Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> so I get up and I'm teaching. And so while we're going through this, I told everybody, this was Sunday morning. It's nine o'clock service. I'm up and I'm teaching. And then this guy walks in from the back with a nice suit. Y'all you know what I mean? said, a nice suit. I mean, because everybody don't just have on nice suits. I mean, I'm not knocking look, where you are, where you are. I used to have one shirt and wash it every day to go to work, so I ain't knocking nobody. I'm just saying, I noticed the suit when it came in. I'm like, man, that's more than 140. That was nice. <laughs> and I could see it from the back door. And, and this church had like little small windows, and when the windows would hit him, it would kind of glisten. I said, man. And so I watch him come over, and I'm nosing, I'm still teaching and everything, and I watch him he speak to somebody. Then I watch him come across the front. I'm like, okay, bro, nice suit, but you don't know order and protocol. Good Lord, sit down. You know, I'm like, ushers, get on your job. You know what I'm saying? Ush. <laughs> the brother just walking this willy-nilly through the church like it ain't nothing. Then he come up to the front row. The pastor was sitting there, his wife, and there was four guys, and he stopped. And this guy stopped. I'm teaching. And he said something to this guy, you know. 
I'm like, this man is breaking protocol. Like, I'm like, there was an empty seat here next to the pastor. I'm like, he's going to sit down at least. He come over, he leans, says, then he walk in front of the pastor. I'm like, Ninja, please, what are you doing? I'm like, he come over here. He says something. He come up, he sit down. In the service. I didn't think a whole lot about it. That's special. See, who's that guy that was talking to all y'all on the front row while I was teaching? He said, Tell him nobody talking to us. I said, Yeah. Guy had a really nice suit on the other day. He's like, No, I can't talk to you about something. Yeah. He said, Look, because you're not ordained and licensed, my board says we can't give you an honorarium. I said, Okay. I didn't even know what that was. I thought they meant like they were going to write my name on a plaque or something and put it up on the wall in the church, you know. I said, okay. I said, what, y'all only put preachers on the plaque or something? I mean, I really did not know what it was. I don't pretend. I mean, you know, because ignorance will kill you. I'll be like, hey, tell me what it is, you know. And he said, he said, no, Tony, you know, the payment. It's a payment. I said, this ain't no hourly job. I said, because, you know, I ain't signed up for no hourly stuff, you know. He's like, no, no. He said, you know, just, just to be a blessing. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, I didn't know that. So about four days later, he calls me. He says, Tony, he said, I don't know what happened. He said, but I got a check for you. I said, praise God. He said, my four board members changed their mind. I said, really? I said, who was? He said, yeah, you know, the one that was sitting right next to me, the one that was two down from me, and the one that was four down. Wait a minute. And I heard the Spirit of God says, the angel changed their mind. Okay. See, because you got to understand something. I come from a small school, small town. Everybody knew everybody. You know, the teachers didn't pretend. I mean, they send your homework. Then they call your parents and tell you what the homework was. And then say, you didn't turn in. So I can't be spooky. So I appreciate the spirit of God talking to me. Yeah, but the, my Bible says the spirit and the word both agree. See, I can't go build a whole testimony on just the spirit of the Lord. Some people can do that. I ain't knocking that. That's okay. I want scripture to back it up. Testify it. Verified, validated. Turn to Second Kings chapter eight. <laughs> nah, yeah, God's a good God. And you said, Pastor, why are you telling me this? Tell your neighbor, said, because it's, it's restoration time. Second Kings chapter eight, and we're gonna go to that last list that you see those eight on uh, guys. That's where we're gonna be headed to next, and we're gonna close out there. Let's pick it up here in verse one. Then I'm gonna jump down to the latter part. It says, Then Elijah spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called for a famine. Furthermore, it will come upon in the land for seven years. Say, seven-year famine. All right, now, I want you to understand, in verse 2, she obeyed. So what we see now is a woman obeying the word of God. Okay? Then it comes down, and let's just jump down here about verse 4. It says, then the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, tell me, please, all the great things Elijah has done. Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored dead to life, that there was the woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, my lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elijah restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer, angel, for her saying, restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field of the day that she left the field until now. A seven-year restoration from the moment she walked off 
until the moment right then, including the profit and the interest. He said, repeat it all. And I said, Lord, I'm convinced. I'm telling you right now that there's seed in the ground that's sitting in a place that moth can't get to and will not rust. And God says that is your harvest and he's assigned spiritual angels to help you go and recover it all. Tell your neighbor, say, recover all. Yeah, recover all. Praise God. Now, eight steps. I got to hurry. I got to give you eight things real quick. Glory to God. Now, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures on this, but if you're going to say recover all. Recover all. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to give you the scripture with it. I'm not going to have time to go through each and every one of them, but I want to make sure that you at least have this down. Amen. Amen. Number one, restoration has a set time. Say set time. Come on, say it like you really mean it. Say set time. Hold on a second. Folks in the back, and be quiet so I can hear the folks on the main floor. Say it again. Set time. Praise God. Amen. Set time. Amen. Psalms 102, verse 13. I know you know the scripture, but I want you to put your eyes on it so you can highlight it. Amen. Psalms 102 and verse 13. Praise God Almighty. Amen. Come on now. Y'all got to hurry up now. Y'all can't have me being late. Praise God. It says, you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the. Oh, Lord Jesus. I came all the way to Flint to tell you it's your set time. I don't care how long it's been sitting out there. I don't care how long you've been waiting. When the spirit of God says, yes, not a man on the earth that can say no, that matters. You need to believe that the power in the spirit of God is on the move for every tithe. Yeah, let me qualify that. I'm talking the spirit feel born again when it gets tight with the rent and tight with the light bill, that tithing is still the priority of their life. I'm talking about when Nemans run a 75 off sell, you still see the tithe before anything else. I'm talking about somebody that trusts the God that I serve. Tither. I'm telling me to my Neiman's had a sale. Okay, the devil put it on. You walking around with Jimmy Choo's broke. Come on now, stop that. All right, okay. Isaiah 11, 11 is another one you can write down. Let's go to number two. Restoration happens quickly. Say quickly. 2 Samuel 5, 24. Oh, Jesus, I'm excited. 2 Samuel 5, 24. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm learning something tonight. Of course you are. You're royalty. That's all y'all know how to do. Praise God Almighty. 2 Samuel. So I'm giving y'all time to flip there. Amen. Praise God. When you have it, say amen. 2 Samuel 5 and verse 24. And I'm going to pick it up in 22. It says, then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, and he said, you shall not go up. Circle around behind them and come up upon them in the front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry tree, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. Here your neighbor says it's going to be a quick recovery. I come to prophesy that delay is no longer a factor. See, now, now listen now, there's a difference between a biblical prophetic word that is given that is at a set time by God. There's different between a prophet who has an assigned word for a region or a season. But there are times that when you got to catch the prophetic flow of God moving. In a moment and season of time that something has been predestined just for your life, of heaven and earth meeting, creating a Garden of Eden experience that only you can be a partaker of. And if you don't watch it, the enemy will put you in a fence. He'll get you angry. He'll get you mad. He'll get you doing everything on Friday except for being at church to catch the flow of what he's doing. 
Because see, once this moves, listen to me, I truly do believe in three months I come back and everything's going to be turned around in your finances. In six months I come back and you're going to be building a new building. In one year I come back, they're going to change the name of Flint. Christianville, USA. I'm going to be like, what, David? They're going to be like, yeah, you know him and Nedra moved down there on Nedra Avenue. <laughs> but you got to see it, folks. Listen to me. Vision starts within before it starts without. And you've got to trust and believe that God is a God who will not lie. Tell your neighbor, say, he can't lie. Yeah, restoration will happen quickly. Number three, restoration always brings more than you lost. Job 42 and 10. Tell your neighbor, say, a minimum of a double. Number four, God's set time of release for the kingdom, Exodus 9 and 5. Is that me doing that? You know, I said it like you up here messing with it. Amen. <laughs> Hold on, let me, let, me, let me adjust that down just a little. How about that right there? That better? All right. Number five, favor always comes with restoration. Exodus 3.21. Every time God starts the restoration process, he deploys favor as the advance guard of the entourage. Okay, so now let, let, me, let me explain. Because one of the things that my team used to do, my team had a, what they call a QRT, a quick reaction team, and we would get assigned to dignitaries to go in advance, and we were part of the overall entourage. So my team of 12, I had two specific guys that would go in advance, prepare the way, clear dangers, and create resource that will be needed for the principal that we're sending. Come on now, don't, don't, don't miss it. I'm going to say it a different way. Before you go and apply for the job, favor shows up in the HR department shuffle through. Because see, they don't read your resume no more. I don't know who told y'all that. 50,000 people applied on D. What are you talking about? So it's going through. So you need a spirit of God to reach in behind the SAP HR workday system and grab yours and bring it to attention. And favor does that in advance of you even going and showing up. And then tell your neighbor said, and he said, he will never leave me or forsake me. See, the advanced guard, that team has the ability to identify issues and problems and challenges that you may not even know how to identify. And then by the spirit of the Holy Ghost, he comes in and teaches it to your pastor. And then your pastor teaches it in four sessions for you because you got, you, you know, you're doing all this stuff in church. You can't get it in one time. So he give it to you in four pieces. By the way, bring your own gum. You don't have to ask for gum during church. Okay, now, so now while you're going through that, He's making sure that you have what you need. And then you go, oh, that's exactly what I needed. And now it's time for you to get ready to go for your interview. And you get ready to go to your interview, and your pastor says, hey, um, what do you think about winning to your interview? Pastor, I got this sharp purple suit. Ding, 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 ding. Holy Ghost said, see, I told you that boy needed some counsel. No, look, look here. That purple nice. It's a nice spring color, too. But we need you to be in like a little bit of gray, blue. Let's put you in blue with a white shirt, and uh, yeah, that orange tie, uh, nice, nice tie. You wear it with the purple suit. But we're going to get you <laughs> a nice red tie to go with that. Because, see, your entourage has a responsibility that even when you show up, that they have to provide knowledge, wisdom, insight, and protection. See, you can go read that in Isaiah. I don't have time to get there. And then tell your neighbor, say, grace and mercy, mercy. is your real guard. Yeah, you see, you got to understand, the way that an entourage works is that it works pre-assignments and they work in unity. 
See, all the dumb stuff you did that you thought nobody knew about, they not run a background check on you and found all of it. And then grace and mercy said, clean. I was talking to somebody here recently. They're going to tell me, Pastor, I would apply for the job. Okay, would. Why, why won't you? Well, you know, um, they said they want somebody with a PhD, you know, and everything. No, listen, no. They do that just to get you in the fear. And so the folks that are in the fear won't apply and they don't have to go through all these thousands of people. That's all that is. What they really want is somebody that's going to do the job, make money, and keep costs down. I said, now, here's the problem. You going in there begging for a job instead of going in there interviewing them. And restoration requires you to know who you are because the enemy ain't going to just say, oh, you say, oh, you know what? I didn't mean to take your paycheck. Here you go. The devil don't care. No, he doesn't care. So, side note, when you go for an interview, take at least three questions that pretty research and then ask the company what their plan is to recover from the problems that they have and why are they behind their competition. <laughs> Pastor, can you really do that? I just did it because I just got a promotion started October the 1st. Can, you want me to tell that part? The double. With a six-figure signing bonus. And a year two signing bonus to match it. When they offered me the sick pay, I said, I don't get sick. Add it to the vacation. They said, well, you don't ever know what's going to happen. I said, oh, I know I don't get sick. Right. Watch this. I said, I noticed that you guys have been behind the marketplace for the last 18 months. And based off the last trend that I saw, I see three primary competitors in front of you. What is your plan to not only gain the market share back, but what are you going to do to also gain the revenue that it looks like you're losing to your traditional AMS customers? Because now, based upon what I'm seeing, these two clients now are taking all of your legacy clients, which means that your run rate is not only reducing, you're trying to catch up in the marketplace. What's your plan? Because I want to make sure before I make a decision to come and partner with you and invest my family's life into your hand that you have a plan that's going to be beneficial to me having a job more than 18 months. Pastor, where do you get that from? The word. See, see, before I go do an interview, I come back, first of all, and I read through from Genesis 37 through Genesis 45. And I watched and I saw for the very first time, Joseph set that job interview up. You ever notice that? See, the Bible says, not only did he get dressed right, the Bible says when he came in, that he went and prepared himself. Why? Because he already knew that Pharaoh Egyptians did not like facial hair with the exception of the little tip that recognized they were royalty. He cleaned himself up. And he already knows the reason they come and looking for him in the jail. Ain't nobody else got that answer. And then he turns around and tell him, now, Pharaoh, if I were you, I would find a wise man. Who could actually do it? And then, look, <laughs> Pharaoh looking around going, one. <laughs> okay. But then the blessing. See, see, your seed has not been wasted on this ministry. Be careful tying the vision of God to a building or a location. Because the spirit of God is fluid. People want to talk about their sexuality fluid. No, they just nasty. The spirit of God is fluid. 
it moves in and out of places and changes things the way it needs to be changed. It goes into environments and it reshapes the environment to meet the condition of the royalty that's on its way to get there. It has the ability to go in and remold, recreate, and retransform based off of the original blueprint that was given by God himself. The Bible says that when Moses got the blueprint to the tabernacle, that he went into the original. God gave him the blueprint based off what heaven is. He's told David, David, I need you to get this set up. I need you to finance it and get it ready. But because there's blood on your hand, your son's going to do it. But this is the blueprint. Come see a tabernacle in heaven. That's what you build. See, we're in a building project too. I already told him, look here. I got six stairs going up to the altar. And there's going to be a line on every one of them on both sides. And anybody don't like it, I'm going to point them to the scripture. Gonna overlay it and go. I was in Vegas for a conference here recently, and I was coming down through there, and I looked at the MGM. I looked up at that line. I said, you misappropriated to the wrong place. I call your destination in front of my church in Jesus' name. I want them to know the character and the courage of the people that's in that house. You've been called to be a lion, but you got to be aggressive with reaping. Reaping is your responsibility. You, you how much you gonna, well, you know, I'm just waiting on the Lord. For what? The rapture? That's about the only thing you can be waiting on. Because everything else in Christ is finished. Tell your neighbor, say, I need my full harvest. But it's my responsibility. It is my responsibility. Let's keep going. Favorite will always be there. Number six, restoration strips the devil and his team of everything. Exodus 3.22, he said, God told him, he said, don't go in and just get part of it. I want you to strip Egypt of everything. Tell your neighbor, said, we're going to strip him. Number seven, Satan can't see when the restoration is happening. The Bible says that if Satan had known, he would not have crucified. (laughs) Wait a minute, Lord, are you trying to tell me? That when this starts to happen, watch this. This is why you can't talk too much into the wrong people. They didn't keep the secret on who you were dating. Who do you think they're going to keep the secret on your blessing? Well, I just want them to know. No, you're showing out. You put flesh in the middle of your breakthrough. And you need to let God complete that thing because it's us talking about it that gives it away. When I got in the middle of this thing, because I had already worked for that company twice, right? And I'm going back. And I heard this. I was sitting there one day and I'm like, okay, Lord, what else do I need to do on this? I'm going to talk through this plan here in just a second. So just hold tight. And I'm sitting there and I said, okay, Lord, what do I want to do? I went for one of these executive interviews in March and it just wasn't a good match for me. And so when we are sitting there, the guy sent me an email back. He said, man, the team really like you. I said, yeah. I said, they don't have a plan together. He said, well, you, you're not sure you really like it. I said, well, it ain't about me liking them. I said, it's about it being a long-term thing that I need to do. And I said, I want to make sure it's a good investment. I said, and right now, you know, I said, when I leave again, I'm going full-time in the ministry. You know, and he said, well, what, what don't you like about it? I said, well, there, there's no leader there. See, leadership is not a title. It's influence. See, and if you can't influence me to move, with a vision beyond where you are now. And when I ask you what your plan is, you talking about what you're going to do Saturday and it's Friday? That ain't no plan. 
want to know what the vision of this thing is. I want you to paint this thing. I want you to see it. You need to use your mind to create the breakthrough you're desiring to live. You need to wake up in the middle of the night and see yourself in the midst of what God has called you to do. Every time I get up to teach, I told the Lord, the Lord told me, God said, do you see it? I said, Lord, do I see what? December 7th, 2008, we started the ministry, me and my wife and my four kids and my brother. That was it, by faith. That Wednesday before, I went to go print up some little simple flyers. Just look like you just tell people, hey, you know, come visit the church. We can start a church. Praise God, amen. You know, you want everybody to be excited, amen. Praise God. I go up there to the local copy place at the home, at uh, Office Depot, get up there in line, get ready to pay for it. And the Lord said, what you doing? I said, I'm going to pay for these flyers. He said, uh, what the flyers for? I said, for the church service on Sunday. He goes, whose church is it? I said, uh, your church. He said, well, then those are my flyers. I said, okay. <laughs> no debate. All right. He said, well, whose credit card in your hand? I said, it's mine. He said, that ain't gonna work. Because you're trying to fund my vision. I said, well, Lord. Now, the folks looking at me now, they already think we're spooky. I said, now, Lord, you know, you could have told me this while I was back there looking at the pens. You didn't have to wait till I got to the cash register to do this conversation. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Oh, okay, that, that ain't spiritual. I'm just saying, if the Lord gonna do that, what, why not back there on the back row when I'm looking at the pose? Ain't nobody back there. He could have screamed, parted the heavens, let the light and the sun shine down, and I wouldn't even care. But now I'm at the folks just coming up in line, and you know, and then the folks be like, "There's something wrong with the register," you know. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Is there something wrong? Uh, and she's like, no, 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 we, we just, uh, I don't know what we're doing. What we're doing, sir? <laughs> oh, Jesus. They doing it, and I'm saying, Lord, no wonder. God said, you, you, you can't buy that unless it's your church. I said, man, I'm going to have to come back and get it a little later. Is that okay? Yeah. She goes, you ain't got enough money? Ooh, and I'm like. <laughs> the long-armed flesh of the Lord, Lord Jesus just, uh, no, okay. Uh, no, I need to. So I leave. On that Thursday, my wife and I were getting ready to go to lunch. And she, I don't know how we end up going to the Olive Garden. Nothing against Olive Garden. I just, I mean, it's just not one of my favorite places to go eat. You know, they don't have any romaine. They, they still killing iceberg. But anyway, um, I said, okay. So we walk in. The maitre d' standing there. Pastor Shaw. And we hadn't seen him in a long time. Single mom, we known her from another church. How you doing? The Lord told me you were going to be here today. I brought my tithe for you. Well, we hadn't even told her we were starting church. The what? And she handed me a check, already made out. Next day, we see another lady. Pastor Shaw, I heard you were starting the church. I ain't going to be able to be there, but here's my tie check. Who, who told you? I, I mean, I'm just saying, because, you know, I want to know, because if the Lord done did all this, I want to know who did it. She said, I, I don't know. Just somebody told me about it, but the Lord told me. And then when she did, the Lord said, now go buy my flowers. And to this day right now, my wife and I have never put one cent of our own personal money into our ministry because every seed we sow, it has a germination cycle that I put a spiritual demand on by faith. Some of you have let your seed hanging out there and not calling it in. And when you don't, you don't assign the germination cycle for it to grow. The Bible says the longest that any man was supposed to stand was the season. If you look it up in both the Hebrew and the Greek, it means 90 days, three months. Hebrew calendar, Jewish calendar, black folks calendar, any calendar you want to use is a season mean 90 days. 
You're not supposed to wait longer than 90 days for a harvest. Some of y'all have been sowing in the anointing for years. It's time for you to reap. The next 52 days, Nehemiah did what could not be done in years so you can claim a 52-day harvest. 30 days, the Bible says that in this month, and it came to pass. So God will give you a 30-day harvest. 21 days, Daniel was praying, the enemy fighting against him. It means that even with the devil's pressure on you, no more than 21 days do you have to wait, get a breakthrough. Because at about day 20, three cycles of seven, the Lord said, I don't have enough of this because they ain't got what they're supposed to be getting. That's country for Mississippi saying God finna do something, show enough. So now all of a sudden, another angel shows up. See, now listen, see, I like this because see, most people don't understand the significance of angels. See, angels operate off of a military order because that's where the military got its command structure from. See, that's why we have a chief of staff goes down to three primary generals that breaks out into commands. That's like there's only three primary functions of the military. The Navy, then you come over to the Army, and then you come to the Air Force. Both the Coast Guard and the Marines fall under one of the other two. But see, Satan took control of one. That's why one-third of the angels followed him to be dead. It wasn't because they were mad at God. They were following command. See, Satan, who was called the light, praise and worshiper, Michael, who's the warrior who leads the battle. Gabriel, who's the voice who speaks the word. So the reason he didn't replace Satan is because he birthed you. You became the praise and worship of the earth. So when you don't praise him like he's king and worship him like he's Lord, Satan has won. You're coming up dry. Well, you know, I'm tired. I hate John saying that song. He know I don't like that song. He don't care about what song you like. He ain't playing the song for you. He is creating an atmosphere that infuses the spirit realm, that unlocks the hold that the curse has on the earth. And all of a sudden, the portal between the spirit realm and the realm, and angels start to inhabit the place in full. And the spirit of God says, an imitation has been granted unto me, so I don't have to force myself onto the will of man. They have personally invited me to be part of their habitation. And when I show up, my entourage shows up with me. Favor goes in front of him, and he hits you, and all of a sudden, blessings are there. The spirit of the seven graces of God is all in the room and mercy and grace comes through cutting down all the stupid dumb bad stuff we did nope swipe that out nope swipe that out that's all it's doing one purpose clearing up your error see the blood of Jesus cleans you but men hold on to your past <laughs> but it's restoration time for the believer it is time to recoup what God has put in the earth for you. It is time for you to go and be aggressive about your reaping. Listen to me. Your seed is doing what it's supposed to do. Your harvest is waiting on your obedience. I command every seed. I'm going to close with a statement. 2009, I was praying in our house and I just told the Lord, we moved in the house in 2002. We had built it. God supernaturally did it. And I was saying, Lord, you know, this harvest and, the, and God says, you're not short on increase. You're short on harvesting. I said, well, okay, you and I look at this differently. Because my account right here says, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, that's what I told him. And he says, where are your taxes? I said, well, my form's over there. He said, go grab the last seven years of your taxes. 
said, okay. So I go grab him, lay him out. He said, now go to all the places where you sowed. Now, for those of you who sowed more than just in one place, you know, you got, so you had this form printed out all everything. He said, now, there's enough harvest in one folder for three generations of your life. And you acting like I'm a bad father. So I laid it out 2008, 2007, 2006, 2005. I pulled the form up where we had given and put it on top of it. And then the Lord said, now speak to it, your sickle. I said, I call the harvest in for every year. I make a demand on you right now in the name of Jesus. Any who, any how, any way. It will not be hindered, will not be blocked. Every opportunity, I will sense it. Every time somebody has favor for me, I will engage it. Every time a doorway is open for me, I will go through it. And I thank you, Father, right now. I receive it, pressed down, shaking together, running over. People using their influence, their power, their word, their ability, and even the ones that don't like me, they will do it for me one time and then move out the way. In the name of Jesus, I call it all in. And it shifted. And all of a sudden, things that I had not been paying attention to started to in and money started to come in and all of a sudden this opportunity came up at work and the spirit of God says that opportunity is for you. I said that's for me Lord it's for me. I, and, my, and, my, and the senior VP that I reported to at the time was a Christian. Love God in Atlanta. His name's Keith Stanback. This is a real testimony. I can call his name. Keith was standing up there. I'm sitting right next to Keith and Keith says okay hey guys I just got this project. I said ooh Lord told me a project comes up. Okay praise God. He said now it came from the EVP Ian White. He said, Ian says that uh, it's going to be underfunded and the executive that takes it will most likely lose their job because there's not enough money in it to complete it. And he gave it to me. Can I get somebody to volunteer to lead it? <laughs> Everybody else go. <laughs> I raised my hand. Keith sitting right there next to me, lift your hand up. He said, so I'm just looking for one person. <laughs> one volunteer. I lift my hand up again. Because see, Keith knows me. He likes me. I got favor with him. He, he looked at me. He said, you don't, you don't want this? He said, so, and so then one of the guys in the back go, no, go on, give it to the rookie. You like him anyway. Go on, give it. Let him have it. I said, Keith, I got this. He said, mm -mm, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. He said, any of you guys that's been doing this with more experience, that know, you know, he said, I'm looking for one of my experienced senior executives to take this. And then one of the guys who did not like me at all. I think you to give it to him. You know, he got to stick his hand up for everything. Let that, let that God he always talking about at lunch break do it for him. I wasn't fully developed. I looked over and I'm like, you know what I used to do before I came here, though? Okay, then I said, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I've learned. I don't do that anymore. Amen. Praise God. I didn't know any better. Because Keith was like, Tony. Yeah. I said, well, he, he started. I was young. I was, young. I was about 10, 20, actually about 15 years younger than most of them. At the time, he said, no, go give it to the little neophyte. Let him have it. I said, Keith, I said, the father told me to do that. He said, the father told you to do it? I said, the father told me to do it. He said, you sure that? I said, daddy told me to take that. He said, he said, okay, guys, we're going to get the project to Tony. So at the end, Eric, me, break up. he comes over to me. He said, okay, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. He said, I thought you said God. I said, no, I told you God told me to take the project. He didn't tell me how to do it. Say opportunity. opportunity. So the first thing I do is go sow a seed. Okay, you, you missed that. Because see, a man that lacks wisdom asks of God, but no man goes before God empty-handed. 
I sowed a seed, prayed and asked the Holy Ghost, and then the Holy Ghost started aligning favor first. Say favor. I never forget it. A gentleman by the name of Lou Melendez called me. My phone rings. I look it up. I said, hello, everybody from San Francisco at this number. I picked the phone up. He said, Tony Shaw? I said, yeah. He said, you just got a new Sigma? I said, yeah. He said, my name is Lou Melendez. I said, hey, Lou, you up in San Francisco? He said, yeah, that's what it says. There, but actually, I don't live in. I said, where do you live? He said, I live in Montana. I live in Montana. I said, okay, Lou. I said, what can I do for you? He said, Tony, I am the senior master black belt for the corporation. I said, oh, okay. He says, um, my team gets special funding to do all these projects, and so we have to do a certain amount of projects. He says, we're two projects short for the end of the year. He said, it's September. I got to get these projects done. I heard you got a project. He said, now, here's the thing. I get funded, so I need to use my money, so I won't use any of your funded. <laughs> I was underfunded, but that's okay. I said, okay. He said, now, but I have a team of 12. He said, now, I know you probably already got a team, but I'm going to bring my team in because they already have experiences on doing it. Align it, favor, align it. I said, okay. He said, now, because we have to do development, one of the things we're going to do is one of the projects we're going to do, we're going to sign to you. We're going to get both your green belt and your black belt, but we're going to do all the work and then show you how to do it. And then when we finish the project, we're going to get it done. Now, y'all got to understand, because one of the things I did in this project was I negotiated my to be a percentage of the savings that everybody said yes to because they knew it was underfunded. But they didn't know my God was in the process of shifting making things, you can't think like this. Faith moves this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, that seed that I sowed, calling in the harvest, it showed up as an opportunity. All of a sudden, Luke gets his team engaged. He starts flying me. He said, Tony, aren't you flying out to be with us in the meeting? Yeah. He said, look, you need to use this BNP code. I said, why do I need to use that BNP code? He said, because that charge to my department and not yours. Oh, I don't even have to use my own funding for travel. He said, no, I need all of it under mine. I said, shift it, Lord, shift it. And so we get there in the spirit of God. He says, Tony, it's time for us to do the first readout. I said, what are we going to do the readout? He said, we're going to do a fishbone. What's the fishbone? He said, come on out here and spend two days with me. And he lays it out and shows me how to do it. He said, now this right here is the demand. And this right here is the Dababi. He said, this is the divine, the measure. And they I said, he said, the analytic piece, I got a special analytic team that's going to come in and walk through this whole thing, and then we're going to put the improved process and lay the controls down. I said, let's do it then. I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, then after we do that, we're going to get you enrolled in a six-month class that that's going to validate your certification and then have you as a master black belt. Well, come on then. Ooh, yeah. I'm like, come on, Jesus, do it all. But here it comes. You said, Pastor, that sounds good. Oh, no, that ain't the good. Because then we came in 8% under budget. <laughs> the bonus I was entitled to was so much, HR froze it. Wow. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm talking about they put a fruit. They said, um, this violates our payment protocol for the role that he's in. Look at somebody and say, $80,000 bonus. I can't tell you what it was. I had to sign paperwork saying I couldn't even tell what it was. But anyway, God did that. Project came in. My VP gets promoted. I get promoted. That's how I ended up in Texas. They moved me. You know what he said? Anybody that can solve these kind of problems can solve any problem. Oh, my Lord. But I didn't solve it. I mean, Joseph didn't solve it. I, I, I mean, 
Joshua didn't solve it. I, I mean, the, the Lord, our God, is the solution behind it for those that believe. You see, it's at work for you. You let somebody tell you, well, you know, I don't know if you need to go to the program. Go to the program. The program? This ain't about no program. I'm fertilizing you tonight. You're going to walk out of here and start snatching stuff out of the spirit realm like radio waves. Opportunities going to fall in front of you and wisdom going to tell you that's for you. It's going to be dropping down on the path. I'm talking about full bundles of favor, just like Ruth. Ruth walking behind this boy going like, this boy don't know how to read. <laughs> girl, where you get all that from? I was gleaning, girl. <laughs> Don't you miss it. But Pastor, but I live in Flint. Flint, what the, what they got to do thing? See, you got to start seeing yourself where you seat it versus where you sleep. Because, see, the place where you seated is fully funded. There's an unstoppable grace on every tither and sower. And every seed you sow has a germination cycle. You determine how long it stays in the ground. You got to build your faith up, folks. You got to read it. You got to trust and believe that God cannot, cannot, not will not, cannot. To say God will not lie means he chooses not to lie. No, he cannot lie because truth is in him so much that what he thinks and says, it becomes. And he's already decreed you are blessed. The blessing of the Lord, make it rich. Now you got to get a confidence in this. First John 5, 14, but this is the confidence that I have in him that if I ask anything according to his will, what will? His written word. That I know what I've asked of him shall and will be granted unto me. But you don't understand what I'm going through. John 16, 33, written in the red says stop crying and whining. You got to understand you need that to be the test to turn to the testimony. There's no such thing as a testimony without a test. And faith untested won't work. And faith without results is fake. Don't tell me you're in faith and you can't even get a parking spot. Practice it. Practice it every day. I'm still rated as one of the top snipers in sniper school. And folks be like, well, I don't understand how you got that good just going through sniper school. Boy, I grew up in Mississippi. I've been shooting since I was two. <laughs> Y'all call guns, but gun laws and controls for me, it was a toy. I just go out there, go out in the barn, shoot that direction, don't shoot at anybody. Okay. <laughs> Tax sergeant walk up to me, son, where you learn to shoot like that? I bet your target don't move. Rabbits don't run. Rabbits don't run a straight line. And you asking me how I hit a stationary target? Come on, ask me a hard question. <laughs> I practiced. I became proficient with my faith. And then I found the scripture and I practiced the scripture. God, you said that if I sow and trust and believe in your word, that you said that if I give the men that were in the anointing and trust and did what you instructed them to do, that you created both a debit and a credit account, both account the stores and an account that I can withdraw from, and then that you would also supply my needs according to your riches and glory, a blessing that you only gave the one church that was the brokerage church that you started, but yet because they were faithful in what they did and what the instruction you gave them that you produced for them, I'm going to test this. I started with a dollar, and I did it every day for nine months, folks. He, and then my pastor said, what about $2.39? And I did it every day. 
And I did it every day. And I said, Lord, I'm calling in harvest. And then I said, Lord, I, I call in the fold. I said, praise the Lord. I'm going to sow a dollar, and I'm going to call in the hundred fold and get a hundred dollars. The Lord said, who told you that? I said, well, you know, because this Bible, this other translation here says that, you know, a hundred times. He said, no, it didn't say a hundred times. It said a hundred fold. I said, well, that's what I said. I sold a dollar and get a hundred dollars. He said, exactly what you said. You're in error. Not Jesus. You know, my undergraduate and graduate is in mathematics. And mathematics, you can't do before things. As you know, you can add, you can subtract, you multiply and divide. That's not even a hard equation. I take the $1 and I multiply it. He says, you're correct in your statement. You're in error in thinking that fold and time are the same. We're going to close with this. The Lord showed me by the Spirit. He had me to write $1 on the side of it. And I wrote $1 here, $1 there. He said, that's a dollar bill folded. And I folded it in half. He said, now open it. How many of you see? I said, Lord, I see two. He said, so $2. He said, fold it again. He says, now how many of you see? I said, four. He said, that's $4. He said, fold it again. I said, that's eight. He said, again. I said, that's 16. He said, again. I said, that's 32. He said, then that's 64 and that's 128. I said, Lord, and that's 356. He says, yes. He said, fold is a multiplicative doubling that goes exceedingly abundantly above what you can expect to imagine. Yeah. $5 fold on a 30-fold is over $5.4 million. God says, stop limiting the harvest based off of your current knowledge and access the blessing that I made available to you. I come tonight to say, the very dollar penny you ever sowed into this man, into the ministry that God called them to, that was birthed through here, that's now on its way to Egypt, that's going to now prepare the Pharaoh to have favor for all of y'all. You, you, you mad about the building? The palace is in process. This building gonna fit in the bathroom where God taking y'all to. The Bible says, it says, that Pharaoh heard that the father and brothers of Joseph was in town. He don't know him, but he knows him. I mean, but he knows Joseph. He says, for the, the blessing and the like and the love, one translation said, that he had for Joseph. He said, bring him to me. Okay, wait a minute. Joseph, you done done all you can do, but you ain't done all I can do. <laughs> See, there's about to be a blessing poured out that's going way beyond what the grace is on his life because he finna go access another grace and then he gonna pour you by your seed into it. Okay, see, see, every time you sow into him, your root now goes into his soil. So when God waters his soil with favor, your engrafted roots now bloom over into your life. <laughs> you gonna look back and be like, I remember when. I can see mama right now in the tallest building in Flint on the 58th floor looking down. That, that, that building over there is where we used to be. Well, well, how did you get, how did you get over here? Well, see, I birthed the ministry, then I sold it into an anointing. Vision bigger than what I could see 
but it wasn't too big for him to carry. Because I put it in him at the root level, it kept growing. But then his root got engrafted into other places and it started transplanting extra into it. Because see, what used to be one thing, God has converted into a hybrid blessing. You looking for a hundredfold and God says, yeah, but that's a hundredfold on a hundredfold on a hundredfold on a hundredfold. David's going to be like, all my members went past the DIC limit. <laughs> and you're going to look back and be like, and I remember seeing them on October the 10th and the 11th when they walked in it. Because God says, he turns this free. It's free indeed. Your restoration has already been released. The question is, will you reap? Blessings on all of you in Jesus' name.